Hello, my friends. This must be some sort of sick joke because we only have one month left of 2023. And it might be tempting to jump into autopilot and keep it pretty chill through the new year. But if you're one of our corporate girlies, not so fast. There's a pretty strong chance that you have year-end performance reviews and that is not to be slept on. It's time to secure that back because you, mama, deserve it. Why are you still getting 80 cents on the dollar? Why are you not demanding your worth? How about let's try something new and expect better for ourselves? Do we have a deal or do we have a deal? Great choice because I have an extremely special guest to speak to us today. She's one of the sweetest and most charming people. Her name is Dr. Meg Hankin. She's a, she's a doctor of education with an emphasis in creative longevity and wisdom. The kind of doctor that is going to show us the money. I'm super, super excited. Let's jump right in. Welcome to She's Giving and let's do this. Meg, you have a uniquely untraditional yet very empowering story of pursuing your doctorate to overcome career challenges. Can you take us back to that moment where you said enough is enough <laughs> and decided to take charge in your life? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I love learning. We'll start there. Um, and I... Uh, my entire career has been working in higher education, um, higher education administration. I worked in um, housing, admissions, uh, uh, student records, um, and I went sh straight from my, my bachelor's degree was in anthropology, but I, I started working in housing when I was an undergrad. And, um, and I went straight from my undergrad into my master's program in higher education. Okay, great. So I had a master's degree and I started like my, my first real job. And, um, and I uh, came to find that my closest colleague, a, a, a man, um, uh, was being paid 70% more than I was. So that's not even like your standard <laughs> 80 cents on the dollar. That's... No. And, can you disclose how you came to learn that information? Um, I, uh, working here in California, we have a transparency law on, mm. on um, pay. The transpar transparency laws, you can look up, it's for state employees. And I, I was wor it. working at a state institution. Um, the, uh, th there's a website that you can go to to look up salary ranges. The salary ranges are two years past. So that's an important, uh, important information if you're looking for that sort of thing. So when I was looking at it, I was comparing my salary that day to his salary two, two years, years ago. ago. Oh my God. And it was, it was 70% difference. Now my, I, I, my analysis, he had worked there. He had worked at this institution for five years. Okay. I had worked there for one. Okay. Okay. So there's, there, there may be some distinction discrepancy there where like he had uh, an MBA. Okay. I had a master's in higher education. Okay. Okay. So equivalent? I think so. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. And he, um, I was managing, we were, we were both like uh, 
technically for the institution on the same level, but he was working in a more finance department and I was working in a more student records department. His was like student finance and mine was student records. So I, I could also justify some difference because it's my understanding that sometimes the finance departments pay more. Right, right. The nature of the role could be um, enough of a differentiator that could could uh, kind of justify that d disparity, uh, discrepancy in pay. But not 70%. That's significant. So just to confirm, he had approximately same number of years experience and general kind of skill sets as well, just so we can go uh, yeah. compare this apples to apples. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, same same number of, of years working, and um, I, I might I actually I might have had more working years okay. than he did. Okay. Um, anyway, regardless, I felt like that was too much, and I didn't I didn't know what to do, and I th I thought that my power came from get, getting an edge on my own human capital, mm. building, uh, building my value, right? right? So that I could, con I could use that to convince the people with the purse strings that I was just as valuable as- And you didn't feel that at that point in time that you had enough, garnered enough of that uh, intrinsic value that you could demonstrate that you had to go. Yeah. Right, okay. I did. I did feel like the only way I'm going to be able to overcome this is to build my own human capital right, and use that to convince. Got it. So where I started was I got my I got a, a certificate in um, project management and I got the like the official uh, project project management professional certification. Okay, right. It was something that my colleague was also working on. Well, I got mm, so you, you took a note. You, you took a note. You said, "Okay, all right, let's let's talk it up. Let's yeah. match it up." Yeah. So, um, so I want I wanted to get it before he did. I did. Um, uh, turns out that didn't really get me where I wanted. Okay. Okay. I got I got a little bit of a bump. I actually got more. Uh, I got. <laughs> let's say this. I got a whole lot more responsibility for a little more pay. Yeah. Which is such a standard practice. Yeah. So um, then a, uh, a whole life situation happened. I was in a terrible car accident. I was a pedestrian in a car accident. I got hit by a car. Holy shit. And, um, and I, I couldn't walk for six weeks. And I had been thinking about doing my uh, applying for a doctorate and I had um, I had watched everything on Netflix and I had watched everything on YouTube I had finished the internet and, you, know, you watched the whole internet yeah okay all right so I was like what do I do now and I started playing I started applying for dissertation what better yeah excuse that you, did you need You're like okay well I'm bored so might as well get my doctorate okay yeah see so, the natural exactly. kind of path so I, I got into a program. I got into a great program that I that I really really was excited about. Um, the one of the reasons why I really like this program is that they a, a lot of programs you are working under a professor who has a research interest and you just kind of do the research to support them. Mm -hmm. You make your you publish your own dissertation, but like they kind of dictate the direction and this program that I picked let me pick my direction. So it's like authentic to your actual uh, desire, the output that you're looking to achieve. 
So I designed my research project um, around all of this. I, I wanted to know if there were other women out there who decided to get their doctorates or, or master's degree, an advanced degree, because they thought it was going to be the thing that would help them overcome mm. the, the pay difference. Right. Between them and, and them and others at their institution, but also like their specifically male, their, male their, male, their male counterparts. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so I wanted to learn more about it. And, and, and I wanted to, to know. to be clear? Uh, what year? I started my doctoral program in 2015. 15? 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah, yeah. around there. Okay. The doctoral program, um, there's there's a couple different tracks that you can take with, with doctoral programs, particularly in the arena that I was in, in higher education. Um, you can there you can get a, a doctorate, a, that's a PhD, mm -hmm. or you can get a doctorate that's an EDD. And I went down the EDD route. Um, the Really the difference is the approach that you take to your research. With a PhD, you're, you are really interested in contributing new theory, new information to the, um, uh, to the, the universe of, yeah. right. Yeah. subject matter and with the edd in a different way you are looking at a specific problem that is happening today and looking for root causes solutions ideas for new research like actually pinpointing a problem interesting yeah, yeah. and that's another reason why this program is what i wanted to do because i wanted to know about this thing <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and not jump on the bandwagon of what someone else was looking to solve yeah. or looking to uncover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's super interesting. Okay. So you start um, your, your program and you're looking to understand, is this something that's happening to other women? Um, and what did you come to uncover? Yeah. Yeah. So my, um, my research project was um, a quantitative sorry, qualitative study where I did uh, interviews with women who had gone and get, gotten master's degree, mm. do, master's degrees or doctorates and talked to them about the reasons why. Um, so how many women um, in total and, uh, did, did you actually speak with and are included in the scope for your study and over the course of what period of time, like how many years? Yeah, uh, the study took place in... Um, October, November of uh, 2019, no, yeah, 2019. And um, uh, just 17 women, uh, we did 45 minute interviews uh, over Zoom, yeah. Skype um, interviews. And, um, and that's, that was the, uh, besides my literature review, which was, you know, un, uh, digging into the research that I'd done previously, that was the total scope of my, of my research was 17 interviews. Um, and then I, I just, I mined the scripts of those, those or transcripts of those interviews. Right. So it's like immediately preceding the the uh, pandemic then, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes, I finished my I finished the write up of my dis dissertation and I defended on uh, March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth of twenty twenty. Spooky. Just days before we went on lockdown. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
none of these women, none of these 17 women considered the gender pay gap when they made the decision. So you were unique to that motivator. I, it was, it was surprising to me that, that none of them considered that as part of it. They did consider that, um, that having an advanced degree would lead to better pay. Right. They had a sense that having an advanced degree would lead to um, more leadership positions, right. which also come with more power and pay. So you, but yeah. nobody said, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One woman said that, um, that she, that, that she realized it in the middle of her program, that this could be a thing that- But only one. Only one. And were these across varying disciplines or- oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I, I brought some documents. Which we love. Um, so mostly, um, mostly in, there's 17. So um, more than one in education, that's my field. Those are kind of the, the people in my sphere. But I also had folks in communication, business, law, engineering, architecture, human rights, a human rights lawyer, um, nursing, public administration, sociology, finance, and social work. Okay, so you've got a pretty fair representation there. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, um, just a little bit about the results of the study. I ha I'm looking through my, my notes here. So um, most of the women in the study said that their pay and promotion opportunities increased after earning their degree. This is supported by the research. Um, it does, the, what you find is having an advanced degree gives you promotional opportunities. Yeah. You've built, uh, like I mentioned, human capital and, um, and that is, inherently like deserving of more calm yeah. and i feel like people um like the optics of the more more letters i love it when people call me doctor oh, and you better be wearing that with a badge of honor every single opportunity that you get because you are you you earned it yeah so pay did increase um for most of the women um, there was one, one woman who graduated in, in 2007, um, graduated right into the pinnacle, the deep hole of the recession. Right, right. And she had a very, very, very hard time coming out of that um, in terms of, of uh, occupational opportunity. Right. right? Um, but, the, but there is research that shows um, to uh, reach equal pay, when we compare pay and degrees between men and women, um, equal pay comes when women have one more degree higher than the comparable man. So, so you have to <laughs> let's like let's like get some um, like relevant markers. So how much additional um, dollar value does that require women to dedicate? Just like have a like just like. Cost of education alone. Hundred thousand, right? right. So oh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars more that we have to invest, and then time and energy and prime uh, childbearing years. I'm sure come into the um, realm of factors that um, we should probably consider as far as like like investment related in order to match up 
dollar for dollar what men are making. Yeah. Women's uh, earning potential over the lifetime of work is significantly lower than men's. And there, there are a number of reasons for that, but the two primary ones, one is the, the pay gap, right? right. Because, because we're just not being paid the same. From the jump. From the jump, yeah. yeah. But then also um, in, in uh, parental situations, uh, for the most part, the woman would be, the, would be more likely to take a step back from her career right. in order to, um, to, to be the, the caretaker. Right. Whether that, that, and that, that could be for children, that could also be for um, aging parents. The, mm. the research is that in both cases, whether it is childcare or elder care, the women, uh, women bear more responsibility. Yeah, the invisible labor period, and that's before you even start talking about the domestic um, labor um, as well. And when, when anyone, men or women, have a break from work, break from their career uh, to, to do some sort of care like that, child care, elder care, um, they're, they're, losing, uh, they're losing the pay that they would have had during that time. But then they're also losing uh, human capital. So they, they lo lose years of service, right? They, they lose, they, potentially lose out on opportunities for promotion because they haven't been there, right? Right. <laughs> Once you make the decision to exit the workforce for any reason, those that aren't even privy to the exact reasons why you're out, you, you've made the exit, but just the mere fact that you have uh, taken a gap, uh, you t you've taken a, a pause, um, then you have forever that kind of stain Mm -hmm. I know that's a harsh word. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that it makes people remember that you're a woman and that you are going to be more inclined to be taking those breaks and that you shouldn't be invested in. Yeah, and, yeah. and I and I've been I've been on interview committees. I've, I, so I've I've always worked in higher education, but I'm um, in the higher ed tech environment, um, and I've been on interview committees where a man. <laughs> looked at an inter looked at a resume and noticed the gap. It seemed clear that it was a, a child care gap in in her employment. Um, but we we are in the tech industry, and if you take a ten year break from tech, <laughs> there's a lot of tech that's happened since then. Yeah, yeah, and so that is 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 a consideration. Right. This person has been out of the loop on all of the ed tech that has happened in the last 10 years. Right. You think when you are looking at a resume, we, we don't know what she's been keeping up with. She didn't get an opportunity to tell us. Wow, so you, are, you were robbed of the opportunity to, to even kind of like speak your case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, because the resume showed that gap. It's all so hard. Like I don't, uh, I don't have a solution. I don't know even where to begin with a solution for that sort of thing. Well, it's way worse now, and especially post AI world mm -hmm. and all of these technologies that are meant to help um, improve the recruitment process that have only just created this clusterfuck of a um, unemployment and talent issue that has uh, transpired over the last year, yeah. uh, this, uh, 
at least here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's for another day. <laughs> well, it, actually, I, I do. I do want to follow that thread a little bit, though, because um, because I do think that it is really, really powerful for women in particular to rely on your networks when you mm. are looking for jobs. So um, be, because of because of these problems with with, you know, AI looking at a resume and just kicking you out. So many people are trying to get jobs right now and we're fighting for a very scarce commodity. Who you know is everything. Who knows you is everything. Yeah. Build your build your social network. Build, I use LinkedIn. Um, my my latest job, the highest paying job I have ever gotten, it was more than fifty percent higher pay. Yeah, fifty one hundred and fifty percent of my previous employer's ooh, ooh, pay. Girl. Right, came from a cold. Uh, a, a, a instant message like a DM on LinkedIn Stop it. yeah because you had your LinkedIn very updated because I know that I've definitely been guilty in the past of kind of keeping it bare bones um just yeah. lack of time or whatever so it's it's worth putting in that it's, putting in it's that. it Honestly, uh, I spent five years doing my dissertation or five years on my doctoral program. Um, $100,000. And um, uh, I spent six months uh, applying to jobs at universities to get it. My goal was to get a dean's position. Um, uh, six months applying to to um, colleges and getting you know interviews and not getting jobs um, and I spent probably 40 hours building my LinkedIn profile <laughs> it is it is a very very powerful powerful tool because of the human element right right it's not it, AI is in there right but um, but I had connections all over the place and I had connections in higher education and tech and I ended up at a at a higher ed tech institute or mm. tech company um, and so it, my my network worked for me but that human that human um, that element is what allowed you yeah. to open a door yeah yeah I'm not gonna say I'm really, I'm not going to say that, that the doctorate was not worth it. It absolutely was. I, I, uh, I just, I had a, uh, a narrower, um, expectation of what my next job would be. Right. And I never thought that I would be working at this company. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, let's yeah. think of the kind of traditional career paths. Yeah. Um, but as someone who has a uh, liberal arts background um, similar to you, never did I think that I would end up on Wall Street ever, but I can tell you that the skill set that I acquired earning a liberal arts English degree is what gave me the competitive edge. Yeah. Getting a job is, is, is the goal, right. right, of all of this. Right. And you can't increase your pay without a job. You gotta get a job, but, um, but how, you, how you approach it and how you kind of expand your mind on what your opportunities might be, right. I think is, is an important threat.
Right, no, absolutely. That's anybody listening that is in the perils of trying to get a job right now, take note. Meg said, Dr. Meg, listen to your doctor. Dr. Meg says, spend 40 hours. It is well worth it. And then you have the chance to, I mean, obviously the doctorate um, helps to move up another tier, um, but 150% increase in comp. Hell yeah. And you don't—you hardly have that opportunity to. I mean, like we—we we spoke earlier that that candidate uh, that had the gap immediately dismissed. You don't have the opportunity, right? You don't have the opportunity to advocate for yourself. So if you have a forum, you have a a um, you have the space to kind of give your elevator pitch. Then, hell yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah, yep. So with twenty twenty. Friday the 13th and you're like you're like this is things feel ominous no I felt great I was like everything everything is coming to the everything is coming to an end I didn't realize that everything was coming to an end right like like the end of the world it's like apocalypse times um so you you um you got your doctorate your doctor mag now um and then kind of what did you did you witness anything in particular with all of these sociopolitical um, events that we saw, especially in the earlier parts of the pandemic? Did, did you notice anything in those events with this new lens of your, your degree? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of the research about um, the pay gap, the, the reasons that the pay gap exists, right? Um, high level reasons. One is called occupational segregation. Gosh, it's hard to say. (laughs) Occupational segregation. And what that really means is that women are more likely to be, to, to pursue or be funneled into or decide to be in lower paying jobs. Ooh. Service jobs, not leadership jobs. I was thinking more, I, I was kind of pre-predicting where you were going, right? And I was like 100% she's gonna say because of this, um, this traditional gender roles where you ultimately would exit the workforce to become um, a mother caretaker, whatever. But wow, so right, because that, that makes sense because in what, 50s, 60s-ish, the only two jobs that became available to women <laughs> yeah, yeah. were teacher and nurse. Yeah. Secretary. Secretary, secretary, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, but not CEO. Hell no. Right? Yeah. It's St- still, the numbers are- it's rough, yeah. Not ideal. Yeah. So occupational segregation is one of those. I, the theories of occupational segregation um, put a lot of emphasis on choice. Totally, because we're not a uh, product of our environment and our conditioning. Yeah. All right, fine, yeah. sure, so, so, you know, there are flaws in all of these. So career interruptions is another one. So that's that's what we talked about with caretaking. Right. Where, um, in a lot of cases, women traditionally um, take will take time off right. in order to be a caregiver. It's the statistically um, in recent times the um, the career interruptions have been short. Women uh, a lot of times are going back to work a lot lot faster than they used to. Mm. Okay, but career interruptions is a, is a is a factor in the pay gap. Um, 
uh, did you think that I would, I would, my intuition says that that quicker return is motivated by the fear of <laughs> missing out and having a, a retaliatory, um, loss by taking more time. I mean, it, it, it almost speaks to this, this current work culture that we've worked ourselves into that even when you have time off, you still are expected. You're going to be work. You're going to be on the clock the whole time yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I think it's, uh, there are things that have happened in, in recent times, including the revolution of remote work that has made it, uh, more possible. I am never going to say easier, more possible for women to, continue working yeah. while also being a caregiver right. but look i i work from home and i have this little cat over here <laughs> that is enough so um so career career inter interruptions which is what we were talking about um plays into what i had talked about with human capital where human capital you can build uh for yourself so years of service and um education um awards um, accomplishments. Those yeah. are all human capital. Yeah. So, so really career interruptions leads into human capital. Okay. So then there's this other thing called discrimination. Oh, <laughs> so I'm getting back to you no. on, on what you, the original question that you asked me. So, um, so the literature shows that the, that the third primary cause is discrimination. Um, and bias, if you want to say that, but I think it's too soft. Don't you think that they're one and the same? Like, how do you escape one yeah. without the other? Yeah. So I think I, I think what what has has what resonated with me as um, as we were becoming more engaged with racism, with sexism, um, but all throughout the pandemic, right, yeah. um, and the protests that were happening, is we I, I think that we were coming off of the bias and confronting more of the discrimination. Oh. So bias is about thought processes and th like, like subconscious, sometimes subconscious, uh -huh. sometimes conscious. But when you take action on the biases, that's discrimination. Got it. So, so you can, you can work with a man who thinks that women aren't up to snuff in leadership positions, but the moment that that man denies a woman a leadership position is when it goes from bias to discrimination. Right, and then the tricky part of that is being able to show evidentiary support that the, yes. uh, right, that, that the action was indeed discriminatory and not, um, inspired from a less uh kind of um like like evil kind of like 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 root cause yeah. right right while i was working on my on my dissertation i worked in in an office at a college where um there was five people in my office um four were women one was a man the man was in the leadership position is this accidental is he is he a jerk for being a leader and not letting me do it? No, no. It that's the way. It's just the way it was. But that doesn't mean that there. It wasn't happening because of the social <laughs> yeah, conditioning, yeah, yeah. the patriarchal kind of like 
society that we have worked ourselves into for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's it so that that's really what what I started seeing as being being ultra conscious of uh discrimination being a primary factor in in the in the pay gap and um but but seeing us us yeah, the collective the collective yes. us um confronting bias but also calling out discrimination, Mm. the actions that were taken. So we're not there. No, no. We're not. We're not even close. We're not even close. But the conversations are happening, and um, and more folks, let's say a percent, a, a, a fraction of a percentage, are actually confronting discrimination. Right. Um, and that's really the, the call to action that was uh, in my dissertation. Was, okay. I, I called it bias, confront bias, but I really, I wish I had said confront Discrim- discrimination. Right. Yep. Because that's really the, the, the thing that affects us, right? <sighs> right. Yeah, the collective. The collective. Yeah. Um, but, right. right. So. Don't you think, though, <laughs> you actually were, I, I, I tend to disagree because I think that bias is the root. And so first tackling the mindset, because as you noted, it can be conscious or it could be unconscious. Mm -hmm. So by reconditioning, re-educating how how the mentality of what it needs to be top down and it it needs to be universally applied to. And because one thing that that I definitely have struggled with and continue to um, kind of look to solve. Um, and I would love to hear your opinion on, on maybe some tactics, um, strategies, or, or just your view on the matter is that when you have that, uh, that bias that is unaddressed and you're acting, maybe it is a subconscious way. You, those microaggressions that have very real world discriminatory type um, out, outcomes, mm-hmm. um, I, f- I would feel, I, I, would, I would reason to guess that those are more generated from a subconscious bias mm-hmm. kind of condition than it would be um, I hate women and I'm going to like discriminate, um, consciously. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you would find far fewer people who would, who, who hate women and think that women should be paid less. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I, I, just, which is good. I think like restored faith. And, yeah, you know, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I think, I think in, I might venture to say 100% of the time, if you ask men if women should be paid equally, they would say yes. Who is in the room? Okay, who is asking and who is in the room? <laughs> true, true, true. But I, th- I think, I, I th- uh, let's say, the men that I have had personal interactions with, none of them would say that, that women should be paid less. But the reality is that we are right. and we need we need to find ways to fix it yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> right um whatever it takes and you've got to start somewhere and mm-hmm. obviously 
this is a huge motivator for why I created Cheese Giving is that you can't start to address these sorts of fundamental, deeply root pervasive um, conditions that do plague us without yeah. first talking about it and spreading awareness because, I mean, I, I was um, in New York on Wall Street in 2015 and I had no fucking clue just the level of progress that we have not had. <laughs> okay. And I was yeah, like, there's yeah. no way until I just kept getting slapped in the face over and over again with these very real world examples of just um, exactly where we are. But, um, but yeah, th there's so much. And especially one thing that, that I um, continue to witness and that really bothers me more than anything is the condition that women have been bred into where women do not support, uplift, and actively um, embolden other women, especially in the workplace. And from what I've gathered, we are made to believe that there are finite seats at the table. So. So women will then, the ones that do have the seat, will actively work against those women that show promise because they feel threatened that they are, uh, could compromise their seat. And man, do we need to find like actionable ways to start to change that mentality and those practices. Because we can't get ahead with it. if we don't we we need we need as much as much force and unified momentum behind us as possible and we are still so fragmented. Yeah, I to I I agree with that. And the, there is not um, there is a scarcity mentality about the best jobs, right? Particularly when you're looking at you know, I, I work here in this job and the path up in this job at this company in this department is, is a singular right. path. Um, but that's not the only way up. You can move out to go up. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, and that considering that, um, can, can help you and reframe some of the competitiveness. We should all be competitive. We should Hell all yeah, yeah. be yep. fighting. Yep. But let's fight for the jobs, not against one, one another. another. Yeah. There's a couple things that um, that I think are practices that I have engaged in since earning my doctorate. Um, one, every woman I talk to, I tell her she can do it because she totally can. It's it's a lot of money. I get it. Uh, work on that right. if, if this is what you want to do. But if, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to get a doctorate, if you want to do a, this kind of research project um, that, that you would do in, in a doctoral program, do it because you're smart enough. You can do it. That is really because, no, I've, and I've got chills right now, because they're historically speaking it's not so prevalent that women um, take the time and the resources um, they have the space where they can pursue that 
level of achievement if they so desire. And it's really so refreshing to hear someone that is on the other side of that achievement. It's like a club and <laughs> right? So you're the doctor club and the doctor club doesn't necessarily, they, they want to feel- I want you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We we feel that Megan. We we yeah no. We I want everybody in the club. Right. The second thing that I um, that I'm that I've gotten into the practice of doing since uh, since my research is talking about my pay. Got it. Tell everyone what you make. T get them to tell you what they yep. make. Uh, you. I found out because I have tr transparency laws in the state that I work in. Okay. So I was but able and because you're a government, uh, a, yeah, state worker, state worker, yeah. state worker, yeah. Too. So that's a finite uh, world of workers. Yeah, yeah. And in the state of California today, uh, law was passed uh, within the last year um, that says that uh, if uh, employers have to put salary ranges on the job ads. It's the same thing in New York uh, in the last like two years or so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we just, yeah beautiful it's beautiful it's great you should know i i now looking back uh when i after i got my dissertation uh finished and i got my doctorate and i started looking at jobs right um i didn't know what i was applying for i knew the title and i assumed a salary and i guessed at a salary and i didn't get any of those jobs but i know now because i'm looking at, i'm still looking at all those job Are ads they shocking they're shockingly low I cannot believe that that's what they're offering right. for these jobs. Right. Anyway, so talk about it. And when you, uh, when I left um, my, I left a job uh, in 2018, um, I knew that this, that this, there was this other woman who was coming up behind me, and I had an inkling that she was going to be. Um, she was going to be promoted into my place. I told her what I made. I'd been working there 10 years longer than Hell her. Yes. But I told her what I made and I was like, "Don't accept anything less than this." Because this is what they this is what this job is worth. Right. There are still places uh, in the US where discussing salary is Again, not allowed. I don't know. Or is it not against the law, but it's policy. Right. It's, it's 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 business it's policy. It's bad for business. Right. <laughs> But get, get as far as the employer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They don't want. They don't you want to you know. to know. They want that's yeah. real. So talk about it. Absolutely. Okay. Hundred percent. Talk about it. Talk about it. Yep. Good. Love it. Um, can we talk about a little bit? Um, your okay. You mentioned <laughs> your very impressive one hundred and fifty percent comp increase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so this role, and this is where you are currently employed. Yeah. Okay, and and what are you what are you doing um, these days? Yeah, so I, I work for a um, an ed tech company. Um, we do software for higher education, um, software that covers like everything that you would need to do at a college, including HR, including student records, financial aid, uh, finance. Uh, uh, 
facilities. Right yeah, now. yeah, like every, housing, everything that you do at, at an institution. And um, and my my role, I'm a I'm a consultant, so I I'm helping um, institutions onboard uh, our our product that is our reporting product, so that they can um, retrieve the information out of their their. Uh, system and um, and get the data where it needs to go. You're a data girl. I'm a data girl. Big data girl. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, again, back to this very non-traditional or intuitive kind of career path. I would be shocked <laughs> to know if anybody in the history of anything and followed your same footsteps. Um, you seem like a one-of-one. One. Um, how do you think that that kind of benefits you in the work yeah for sure so um so this company particularly for consultants um start uh by looking for people who have used the product at and worked at institutions so it's not it's really not so unique in the consultants that i work with uh, everyone that i that i work with has uh, has worked at a, at a college um, and has used so this software mm. or software kind yeah. of like it. Yeah. Um, so we consultants, me, I, um, lend credibility that way to, the, to my clients. So I can say I was the registrar <laughs> at a college and I that used the software. Yeah, yeah, you were on the other side in, in the sh their, more or less their shoes. Something yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was in the registrar's shoes. I, uh, I was part of the implementation team for this product. I, I know what it takes to, to change softwares from a software that you've been on for 20 years to this brand new shiny yeah, thing. Lived yeah, I yeah, lived yeah, it. Yeah, you felt yeah. the pains. Yeah. Yeah, so so that that lends credibility to um, to to my consultant work, but also um, uh, I love data. <laughs> yeah. That is such adorably nerdy thing to say. Yeah, I just I um I I need to give mention to some really incredible women um, who uh, pointed me in the tech direction early in my career. Um, you know, the curiosities came and, um, and they showed me like, you can get the answers from the data. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> what does that even mean? But, um, but, but early in, in my career, I was given opportunities to, to engage with the ed tech. And this and, is women. Yeah. That... Yeah. Same yeah. Same. Women who, who told me I was smart enough and yes. that I like what that that I could really make a contribution I to this again. I know I know it's but it's awesome it and they and when I when I asked like how it worked how the how these tech things worked they showed me I had two women um were sitting on that that trade floor that they um took an interest in my future and they showed me they sat with me they showed me how to work with excel um docs and because i didn't have any sort of uh, finance background period and without them i would not 100 percent guarantee would not have had the successes in um my career period wouldn't wouldn't have known that i could do it i would have been kind of still in this state of self-doubt and this this mindset that um, had built up over the course of my whole life to that point, 
to have me believe that I did not have the ability, which was completely bullshit. It's back to that network, right? Right. The human, the human connection to, to do a lot of things, to build your own human capital, to make, to just have a a connection with another person, um, to, for me to boost my confidence. Like I never thought, never thought I'd be working in tech when I, when I was, you know, studying anthropology (laughs) as a 19 year old, you know, I I thought at most I would be in like a social skills sort of environment. Like I probably would work in an office and I would probably be a manager of some sort, but it didn't occur to me that, that I, that I could, that I was smart enough, honestly, that I was smart enough. And I, but I got that confidence from these women who gave me a chance to do it. And I was like, oh, this is easy and also exciting. Right. <laughs> oh, and then you demonstrate to yourself your, your ability. And then it fuels more kind of motivation and, and inspires you to really go after it yeah. because you have representation, not only representation, um, of, of people like you that have done it, they've demonstrated that they can, but those people that have done it, giving you that, sometimes you've got to, you need a kickstart. You can't just start paddling the bike and have enough force to keep going. You need to be on the training wheels and then somebody's kind of, yeah, yeah. And especially when young women, are like existing in these patriarchal whether we want to admit it or not um dynamics that produce certain mindset that you can't help but have it impact your belief in your your ability yeah and let's uh let's uh acknowledge the patriarchy yeah and um and uh, take a little advantage too. So we t- I've talked about the women who helped support me, but there were men there too. And uh, frankly, the men were in the power positions. And so those are those were powerful connections yes. for me too. Yes. So let's, uh, don't forget. 100% and, and I share that exact situation. I had the CFO of this tech company that I, FinTech company that I worked for, was uh, the entire reason why I had the sort of upward mobility that I that I did, um, and so really, like I, I want to make very clear the importance and the, the responsibility of men to participate in the advancement of women as well. I think that there is gosh, women are smart as hell and we are really like we're intimidating and and there's there's uh lots of reason to be intimidated by competition but they the men that do stick their neck out for women you are only going to be benefited uh for being the one to identify value in a a up-and-coming uh, strong performer um, you're gonna look like a badass um, and to not be not not to view the or, or misinterpret what the 
outcome or consequence could be, I guess, um, for showing up for women and yeah. being playing a pivotal role in the very long overdue um, equalizing of kind of because yeah. um, these are this is happening to the women that you love in your life. Exactly. It's 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 impacting like your your um, if you are cis heather or male that wants to be in a financially kind of uh, legal um, situation contract yeah. um, like. <laughs> Yeah, don't you want your wife to be making as much money as possible? Yeah. You know, there is there there's some research out there and I like me and my husband have talked about this and um, we can't believe it, but there are there are uh, there's research that that says that there is a large percentage of um, of men who do not want their female partner their wife, we'll call it that, their wife to make more money than them. Oh, I... <laughs> Not my husband. He, he, he wants like, me to make all the money. Are you kidding Yeah, yeah, because he's smart. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot... But it's true. I, we could really dive, dig in there and that we could we could say that for yeah. another day um, because yeah, yeah. there's... Um, yeah, that's layered. That, that, that's a layered one there. Yeah, um, but but you you mentioned sticking uh, men sticking out their necks. Let's, uh, let, let's just take a moment to appreciate that they don't have to stick out their necks so far anymore. It's not. That, it's right, just, right. That's what's wrong. Crazy. No, but yeah. it's okay. It, it, it is a stretch sometimes yeah. to, to, to fight for someone and, and to, to intentionally lift someone up that way. But a um, hundred years ago, there were very few men sticking out their necks. Yeah, how about how about men, 10, 15? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those men had to stick out pretty far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we we really, we have come a long way. I'm an eternal optimist. So Good for you. <laughs> Look at those statistics for, for women, that 58% of the doctoral graduates in 2022 were women. 100 years ago, zero. <laughs> Not zero percent, zero women who are graduating with their doctorates. That's okay? nuts. And, and because, because women weren't permitted into right. that elite group, right? right. Um, and there, there is, uh, there's been a lot of movement. So um, I just, I have to call in this this book I'm reading. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Um, I want to show it to the camera because. Um, Career and Family by Claudia Golden. Career and Family by Claudia Golden. And um, this book won the Nobel Prize in economics. Um, in what year? Uh, 2023. I. Uh, it, it, Get the actual statistic for me and put it on the screen I'll, or I'll something. Put it, put, it, put it. Oh yeah, put it in the show notes below. Yeah. Um, something like this is only the third woman to win. Maybe maybe the first woman to win Nobel Prize in economics. Only the third woman to win in economics. Find the statistic because yeah. she's the first to do whatever it is. Uh, and this is 2023. And this is 2023. <laughs> yeah. This, um, so this book is, is uh, it's called Career and Family, Women's Century-Long Journey Toward Equity. So toward equity, not to equity, but she has, she has an interesting table here. 
Um, right, yeah, towards because if you say to that insignia, <laughs> that we're there, that you would, they reach that. Yeah. So, um, just in terms of career, let's talk about career rather than degrees. So, women uh, between 1900 and 1920 ish um, had a choice between family or career. You you couldn't you could not be employed if you had children. Ooh. Yeah. Then in, uh, it looks like 1920-ish to 1945, so we're heading into the war now. Um, this is where the choice was job and then family. Okay, so not career. We're not talking about careers. Like, w we don't have time for careers. We have to go have a family. Right. You, but they were able to have employment. Uh, but then as soon as, as soon as the men came home from war, they were back to making babies and, and no longer able to be employed. Nice. He's like, you guys can be our tabs, but like straight back to baby making. making. Baby making. Yeah. So then, um, 45 to 60, we're, we're, we're getting into the, this, this is baby boom-ish, but this is when the baby boomer children were children and in school. So we've got a lot of women who were out of the workforce. Okay. Right? Because they they are now in a place where they are where they're raising these children. And we start getting into a, a time of uh, the second wave feminism. So first wave feminism, if you don't know, um, <laughs> first wave, cool, yeah, so first wave, uh, we consider first wave to be women getting the vote. Okay. So the suffragettes fighting for the votes was first oh, wave. Geez. Yeah. So second, second wave is, um, is when we get into a, a space in the fifties and sixties, when we're starting to fight for equality okay. in the workforce right. and in, um, in family. Yeah. So, so that she describes that as a time of family, then job. So raising a family and then going, going to work to make ends meet and job, not career job. So we're, we're talking, uh, a, a, a position at, at an employer. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we hit, uh, the, uh, it looks like 65 to 79 ish, um, where women start being permitted to have careers. Mm, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And a and a career um, versus a job. A career is more, um, let's say, it it's uh, skilled. Uh, you have to have built some human capital to get into a career. So human capital is, is learning, experience, degrees. Mm -hmm. This is this is the point when um, when women start entering uh, college in in much much higher numbers. And, um, and the, the distinction here is career, then family. Okay, so a lot of women were delaying, had the, finally had the opportunity to take the pill. Right, that's such a huge, huge element of it. Yeah. I've not ever thought about yeah. that. So they, they, were, they were finally able to delay pre pregnancy right. until a later time. Um, and, and start out with that career. Yeah. Okay, then uh, 1979 to 2000, um, we go into career and family, where women start being able to have both. Ooh. Ha I know it's very it's exciting. So <laughs> where we can, where uh, where we can we can have it all. You can have a job and a career, but, but can you? 
I mean, sure, absolutely you can. Is yeah, it but I'm more freaking hard? About, right, like it's freaking hard. Yeah, because I think that what's occurring right now is, in my opinion, a mass awakening. Um, I think a lot that is being stemmed. It was stemmed from. Like you noted, the 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 events of the um, the pandemic and this kind of like, especially when you start moving into the economic conditions and the necessity, if you want to have a family, it's going to necessitate a dual income household. Kids are expensive, yeah. um, and especially when you start moving into the economic conditions and the necessity if you want to have a family it's going to necessitate a dual income household kids are expensive yeah. um and so you you are required to work you're required to bring in uh, as a woman you're required to bring in um a decent paycheck, which means that you have to be competitive, you have to have the degrees, you have to be focused and committed to your career, yet you also don't, I mean, in some situations, don't have the access to childcare and, or, or, or maybe it's finite, right? Yeah. Um, so how could, it's you, you it's two full-time jobs plus a third, but plus a husband is often like a third child and like there's a lot. So, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm really starting to feel and, and witness this change in kind of the tolerance of what women are willing to endure uh, in their lives because they've reached that complete burnt the candle at both ends and on top of get back to our patriarchal kind of um because it's the beginning middle and end it really it's still it 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 is is the most central kind of element to our any dynamic um as humans um still but when you are forcing women to not only continue to bear all of the domestic um, and child rearing um, uh, labor, but carry all the emotional um, labor um, as well, and have a full-time job to like, how, what fuck, like, like, no, like you have to have, you have to have a clone or you have to have a live-in and you have to be able to, to like how. And yeah. so there's, there's a, a, a cultural shift um, that is, we're at the precipice of. Bearing children is not riskless. Um, and especially when you start to consider <clears throat> the the kind of credence, credence that we um, give to women when they speak up and try to advocate for themselves, especially like in a healthcare um, environment. Um, and so you're, you're not being heard uh, and respected. Um, and even when you are trying desperately to communicate and that results in people dying. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And there, I, I've heard, I've heard a couple arguments I uh, need to mention cause they're relevant, uh, that m w they can just take birth control. Like just let them take birth control. Okay. Tr true. Take birth control. That's a way to control births. However, 
birth control is expensive. Oh no, it's not. It's free. Didn't you know? It's free. It is free if you're have if you have an employer who, who pays <laughs> for your health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh women who low-income women in particular who already have children are not going to be able to have a job that has benefits that pays for her birth control right. in which case she is going to need to have another child or right. not <laughs> <laughs> let's just say it that way period so you know it it it's not as simple as just taking birth control in this particular instance. Absolutely not. <laughs> we could go, I, I'm like feeling this like deep rage that's starting and I feel like I'm for the sake of um, our time here maybe and um, everyone listening, I'm gonna put a pin in that. Right <laughs> yeah, but be the optimist because we, because we, we have come a long way. We are coming a long way. We have research like, like mine and like, like Claudia. Okay, I, my Claudia. research is not uh, Nobel Prize winning <laughs> research, but it it's uh, it con contributes to the knowledge, um, and we all need to and be data. doing that and data, and um, and we all can be doing that. You, know, you don't have to be in a dis in a writing a dissertation to do research. Uh, do it, uh, put it out there. But let's let's take action on these things and make. Our lives better for our, for ourselves and the women around us, right. and spread that out, right? Because I, that's that's what that's one of the things that we have some control over, right? Right, exactly. Like you, you can, I mean, have a wide net of influence. Really, it's it's hard to consider the full, like the breadth, the full, like the full impact of making a simple choice to take an hour out of your day to show a young Meg <laughs> how to manipulate data. <laughs> so we talked a lot about means that of, of kind of upward mobility, something that I struggled with for a very long time was uh, just this constant state of self-doubt and having to really ward off the inner kind of critic, do you not know, self-sabotage? Do you have any similar experience and like means that you not allow those, that that kind of inner voice doubter to um, keep us from, from success? Yeah, yeah, I th so the lexicon, in the lexicon today, there's this notion of imposter syndrome. I'm sure you've heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that your listeners have too. And I do not, I do not subscribe to imposter syndrome to start with, but I also, I hate the term. It, I do too. I think we should petition to cancel it. It's done. Okay. So, because so, by virtue of like having that, like kind of a name to it, you're only giving it more credence and power. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't heard of this, the concept is that as people, it's not just women, but it it there's there's there are a lot of books uh, directed to women who have imposter syndrome and whatever. Okay, so what what they're what this term is trying to diagnose is a a state of being when a woman is out of her depth, 
and mm. she she has she has uh, progressed into a a position in her career where she feels like she's unqualified and everyone around her is smarter than she is and that she is not up to the task and it's bullshit yeah this this i guess like the definition con it comes from like your own self perception yeah, only yeah. it's not any external kind of right. factor or is it as a kind of result of external <laughs> yeah it 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 really is referring to your your feelings about yourself okay, okay. so feeling unworthy of the position yeah that, how does that, that happen <laughs> look it is not a syndrome it is not it is not a medical condition to be treated right so why do we use syndrome i don't know i don't know it's really it, it probably to um give it give it a name that um makes it something that is um a problem in your life right but it's not a problem it, it's not a syndrome it is a natural experience that everyone has right. when they step into a room right. where they the first time in a new position the first time at the head of the table everyone experiences this it is not just women right and like if you are in the room there's a pretty strong chance that you deserve you have all the ability you have all of the expertise that necessitates you being in that room right right if you have a feeling like when I when I started this this job, um, I had I, I didn't I didn't know the software a hundred percent. You know, I'm supposed to be consulting on this. I'm supposed to know everything. The client the client expects me to know everything. Right. Okay. Well, it's not because I'm in a, it's I don't know everything because I'm an imposter. <sighs> I'm not. I haven't imposed on anyone. You're like literally <laughs> like I'm so triggered right now. I'm like we don't know what they expect us to know about it. Like yeah, you're a beginner and there's something there, you just you're, like, you're allowed. You gotta learn it. Like, and you can. And you can. You and can. you will. Yeah. Yeah. So it 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 positions you to treat those feelings like a problem. Mm. Uh, to be solved. It's not a problem to be solved. Yeah. It's a, it is a it is a universal human experience, yeah. and everyone has the opportunity to to learn right. and to grow. And that's I, I think these books that are directed to women who have imposter syndrome get there. They might get there, but um, but let's not start with it being a problem. It's just new. It's like you just like oh look, everything's new and right. shiny, and there's opportunities everywhere for me to like look the script. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you if you are a if there's <laughs> uh, if there's if you diagnose and you are are kind of proclaiming to yourself that there is a problem that you have to me that feels like it would be something that you require to overcome as opposed to shifting the mindset to the truth of the fact is that sure your brain in its natural state that it is designed to keep you safe <laughs> right yeah is going to perceive something new or that you aren't totally kind of have 
every piece of knowledge as being a real tangible threat. And that is something that is going to be far greater, more, more of an obstacle to overcome than to just give yourself the grace and the opportunity to, to, to learn and to kind of step into that, that deep knowledge base that you inevitably will, will garner. Yeah. Yep. Because I, it's like, no, I, I, and like as, as somebody that, that, that over the course of, of my professional life, I've had probably like 10 people that have, have worked directly underneath me. Not one single time did I ever think they better know all of this shit that nobody could know unless they were sitting in this seat specifically. They better know that immediately. And like, you, you get, you have leeway too. When I, I moved from Florida to California, I got a new job uh, and I was managing people. And on my first day, I didn't know anyone. Okay. <laughs> Pretty, sounds reasonable. Yeah, I like, know. oh my God, they might find out that I, that this is my first day. Okay, it's my sure, first day. Like, sure. they're, they're, I, I wasn't an imposter. I was new. New. You were, yeah. yeah. You were a beginner to that role. Yeah, yeah. So give yourself some grace. Uh, cut yourself some slack. Everybody who walks into a new room is is going to have an experience yeah. of newness, but you're there to learn, take all the opportunities that you can and contribute knowledge to, to the group, right? Like, uh, you don't, ha you don't have, I look, I, I didn't have to learn every aspect of this software to find a bug. I found a bug. Yes. I, I called somebody and told them I found a bug. They and they nobody Rely said like you people. just got here. Like right. <laughs> no one said that. Right. No one was like you you you're an imposter. Why are you speaking up? No. Right. But this also like two things that just like <laughs> like absolutely just hit me like a semi. Um, the imposter syndrome predominantly occurring within women. Mm there already be biased discriminatory realities that mm -hmm. we um, are, we have to mm -hmm. overcome. That for, for me at least drive that condition that women end up in where we work 25 times harder mm -hmm. than we absolutely have to. We learn every element of everything instead of relying on others. There's a team there for a reason. Yep. You, you don't have, you're not <laughs> supposed to know everything. You are in a role to fill a specific function. And I think you don't have to go twice as hard to get up to speed, right. you know? Um, have dialogue, build connections with the people around you, use your resources, build your knowledge base that way, um, build your confidence that way. And and get there, but just know. And ask questions and feel yeah. and and, and yeah. be embrace the beginner condition. Yeah. Because you're curious, you ask the right questions, you then, like you said, you build those relationships, you build that trust, then you can rely on your team. Yeah. You end up being a one man show and nobody else is <laughs> your weight. Oh, well. And you are just like just to dig yourself an early grave. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this was amazing. Ah. <laughs> I can't tell you how grateful I am. Thank you for um, 
welcoming us into your home and being such a generous host. Is there anything in addition to the kind of points that we've already discussed that, how about, and what do we need to do in, in order to like be armed and have the best possible outcome when we go to ask for a raise? Yeah. Build your human capital. Yeah. Get it written down. Document every accomplishment. Uh, document every uh, uh, compliment you get, mm. right? If you get a compliment by email uh, or text, save it. If you get a compliment in in person, write it down. I In my journal, I have, um, I use a bullet journal. And Wait, what's a bullet journal? What's a bullet? It's a, it's a um, really uh, regimented way of journaling. Google it. Okay, 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 okay. we will. <laughs> but I have a collection in my bullet journal called Praise. And anytime I get a compliment or someone says something uh, even vaguely uh, complimentary, complimentary right, right, right. I make a note of the date, who said it, and what it was, okay? Um, because, because those are all assets that you want to be able to call on when you get a chance to do an interview. And what I would also add in here too is there, in, in a number of different industries, email, IMs, any electronic communications are archivable mm -hmm. and they act as a record keeping system. So send an email to yourself of the same bullet kind of, or, or take a picture of it and send an email to yourself so that you have a, a record. So keep, keep all of that information and, um, and then, and build, build your resume on your accomplishments. Right. And your human capital. So human capital, again, is um, is accomplishments that you've had, um, education that you have earned, um, awards that you have earned, uh, positions that you've held, promotions that you've gotten, experiences that you've had at every, you know, every uh, like job. How you furthered that... a process, how yeah. you were, the... your actions contributed directly to a favorable outcome. Exactly. And the numbers, the data. Yeah. The data. The data, the data is great to have. Don't un underestimate the power of the little things that you've contributed to. Like even if it was, you know, if, if you work in customer service and you solved a problem for a person on a day, that is enough to call it an accomplishment. Right, to qualify for the sort of evidence mm -hmm. that you want to bring to a superior, a decision maker that has the um, authority over your compensation. Yeah. yeah, okay, so that's the first part. Document all that. I, I, I am a firm believer in higher education. Um, it, it has worked for me. Um, but I know that it's not for everyone. Uh, it is extraordinarily expensive. Um, and in a lot of cases, the, uh, the return on investment is negative, mm. can be. You can go into a lot of debt and, and have lifetime debt for education. Don't do that. Do not do that. But um, if college is for you, go to college. Yeah. When you even took certification programs too, right? So that could, do you, did you find that they made actual meaningful change? Was that a worthwhile investment? It was absolutely worthwhile uh, for the micro-credentials that I've earned and, um, and the certificates that I've earned. Um, I, 
I have a, a, I'm a certified project manager. I am not working as a, as a project manager. But it looks real good. It looks it great. And the, the skills and principles that I got through that program are invaluable to my mm. consulting work. Amazing. So that's, that is reason enough. And take advantage of your resources that you can find specifically online. There are so much. Oh Elite universities post their, their course material online. You don't have to pay uh, thousands of dollars per credit hour to, get access to, to learn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I think it's, for me, it would be harder to learn without a professor to like interact with and other students to interact with. But there are a lot of students out there who are making those connections. That's me. Yeah, yeah the learning style is so different. Like I've, I get that kind of, yeah, it's, it's too much pressure. Like I like to do it on my own. So you, That's great. So you, you don't have to have a degree to have learned something. Right. Learn it, learn lots of things, learn everything you can, read as much as you can. Reading, audio books is still reading. Yeah. yeah, hey, I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt by the way, yeah. Cause I feel strongly, I'm in that camp. I feel very strongly about that. I'm, I've, I've always been a slow reader, very, it, I struggle to read and, um, but I consume audiobooks. And, and look, I have a paper book, okay. See, she does it, okay. But, yeah, consume as much as you can, learn that way too. And then, um, and use that as, as human capital. Okay, so we're talking about human capital. Let's, we've exhausted that one. Talk about pay, um, compete for jobs, not against other people. Yep. Um, uh, sometimes you gotta move out to move up. Uh, taking a lateral move to move out is okay. Taking a step back uh, so long as you're on for the your sanity. Mm. I, 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 I did this um, halfway through my doctoral program. I was, I was uh, in a terrible place uh, with my employer. Um, I was um, overworked, underappreciated, underpaid. Um, I, I was given a, uh, a fancy new title without any extra money. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. And and with the 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 carrot of like this is gonna help you advance. Right. Okay. Well, Never fine. Lost interest, sure. fine. Um but but I left. I left there. I took I took a large percentage pay cut to go to into a job uh where I uh, where where there was a lot less pressure, I didn't have to manage anyone, and I was working with data, so I was in my happy place. <laughs> so I so I've never so. heard anyone speak about data with such like an adoration. So I so after that, after a couple years working there, I um, I was able to leapfrog that that job, leapfrog over the salary of the previous position that I had taken a job taken a step back from. And you got to take care of your brain too and your body. And really, really, really important. So, so don't, uh, that's really important. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, just support one another, build that network. Um, what it's social, social media network, but uh, interpersonal, like human, like actual talking to people <laughs> network, um, connect with everyone you meet. Um, Right. Like go to conferences, go to places where people are talking about the industry that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, 
you know, invest in yourself in that way and, um, and build that network so that, so that you can, um, call on that network when the time comes right. and, and people will call on you and yeah. just warms my heart when I get someone who reaches out to me. It's, 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 um, it's very like kind of karmic, um, and you just got to do it in the most selfless kind of sense. Um, and have the trust that um, not only do, do it not only because it's the right thing to do, but with the knowing that you when, when you put out that kind of doing well for others, like it, it does it does return eventually. It really does. Meg, thank you so much again. I, I um, can't tell you enough how much I enjoyed this conversation, and I know that um, I'm going to be really like meditating and considering like a lot of your your um, your experience um, moving forward here. Thank you so much. I I love having the opportunity to share. So. Okay, gang, that's it for us for now. Until next time, be well. Go give them hell. Not so fast. Before you get out there and give them hell, a few deets on the legal front. She's Giving is a podcast designed for educational and entertainment purposes only. While we delve into topics related to personal development, business, and the human experience, we are not legal or medical professionals. Any information, opinions, or advice shared on this podcast are solely the views of the host and guests of the show. These discussions should not be considered a substitute for professional guidance from a therapist, medical professional, professional coach, or specialist in a specific field. We strongly strongly recommend that you seek the advice of qualified professionals for any legal, medical, or therapeutic concerns you may have. Your unique circumstances deserve personalized attention, and the information shared here may not be suitable for your specific situation. If you choose to take any actions based on the content of this podcast, you do so at your own discretion. All rights to the content of this podcast, including any text, audio, or visual materials, are reserved and owned by She's Giving. Unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or use of this content is prohibited. Thank you for tuning in and for your understanding of this important disclaimer.